Welcome to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast. My name is Vignesh Devraj, an Ayurvedic doctor and a holistic health coach. Each week we share wisdom or interview an inspiring personality to guide you become your healthiest self. Remember, your health is your greatest asset. If you are interested in doing one-on-one online Ayurvedic consultation with me, please find the details in the show notes of this podcast or do visit www.vigneshdevraj.com Hello Maryam thank you so much for being a part of my podcast Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond I'm so looking forward to hear all the wisdom that you're going to share in this concept about therapeutic art First of all I must say I did your workshop and it was something even though it was for 2 and a half hours every minute I could feel all my creative energy coming up So that was something special and I wanted to ask you when we know that there is a lot of creative potential inside all of us why are we not tapping into it and how can we get into this creative energies more often and how is that going to change our life so first of all thank you for being into my podcast so I look forward to all the insights that you're going to share Thank you for inviting me. I feel honored to be part of your special podcasts which I've also been listening to for a while. And yes, yeah, so art it was lovely to have you on the workshop this morning. And you asked the question of why are we not really connecting to our creativity to our artists today? And I think largely this has to do with the pace of life. And being artistic sometimes has to happen when we slow down a bit. You know, we have to sit at a table we have to take time to we have to spend time with ourselves actually that's probably the the biggest thing i want to say here is that we spend so much time everywhere else and very little time with ourselves and connecting to your artist you are actually truly connecting to your essence to that really special part of yourself yeah that and i think you've probably noticed that this morning looking at everybody's different styles and ways that they represented themselves how different we all are and how the deeper that connection the more we connect in with that um the clearer the more visible it becomes in the work wow it looks something similar to what i speak about ayurveda you know when i discuss about ayurveda the concept of health in ayurveda is called as swastha and the word swastha has two sounds swa and sta the word swa means my purest self and sta means to connect so health is a state where you are very much connected to your true self and when you say that you know art is a way where you're connecting to your true essence i think we are pretty much on the same aligned mm-hmm. concept mm-hmm. i think when people are connected to their creative energies they feel a lot of power coming out you know mm-hmm. so and when you talk about you know we have to slow down this is one of the things that you mentioned we live in a highly fast uh, instant gratification life and naturally you know that also helps us in some ways at the same time it disconnects us from our true self so in such a life when we live what should we focus more on i mean what are the rituals that you would recommend so that we are able to connect with the artists inside us and also before that i would like to ask you one thing is artist born or artist made or is it a blend of both 
Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people always say, you know, so-and-so is really good at art. I mean, you find it at school as well. But in my experience, there's two, there's almost two answers to this question. The, I have three children and two boys and a girl. And my sons, they, they also did spend a lot of time drawing and stuff and they did art at school as subjects. But my daughter was just mad about drawing. She just drew all day long. And today she is technically an extremely skilled artist. Mm-hmm. And there's something about having a practice. Mm-hmm. You know, people always think it must just, if you haven't got it the minute you start drawing, if you can't draw the minute you start drawing, well, then you haven't got it. I always say, if you can write, you can draw. If you think back to the time when you learned to write at school, it was not easy to form those letters, you know, or if you watch your own children learning to write and you see them struggling to form just the capital letters, you know, just these straight lines and these curved lines. And then when they do, they master it, the incredible joy and satisfaction. And it's very much like that with art. But with these great artists, you know, in South Africa, we have artists like William Kentridge and Marlene Dumas, and of course in the world, you know, I love people like Matisse, um, Helen Frankenthaler. They're incredible artists out there. But one is that they immerse themselves completely in that. And another thing to me says, perhaps there are lifetimes, you know, perhaps um, someone like um, Leonardo da Vinci had many lifetimes of becoming an artist, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it, it, it's a question for me, you know, what, what, what is it that makes somebody into this genius sort of artist? But talking about just good artists, there are many, and... And that, I think, is a choice. You know, mm-hmm. That is a choice. It's developing your aesthetic sense. You know, I, I find if I spend a lot of time drawing, I almost feel like my eyes have cataracts on them before I start engaging in regular drawing. And after a week of drawing, I'm just seeing so much more. All of a sudden, when I lift the pot and I'm cooking in the kitchen, and I see the color of the vegetables as they're just starting to release themselves into the soup or stew or whatever I'm making. And I'm just blown away by the color. And I think, now, why didn't I see this color last week? Mm-hmm. But there's something about engaging in creative process that actually enables you to see more. You're, you're expanding your the sense organ of sight. In fact, you... You, you're sharpening all of your senses. You know, you, you're coming to touch with sound, with, with touch. Of course, a sense of touch is a huge aspect of creating art. In fact, I think the sense of touch is really that sense which connects us to ourselves. You know, we often think that touching something, we're feeling the thing that we're touching outside of us. But in fact... We are feeling that and ourselves. And so when we're making art, we are touching ourselves at, at, a, at, a, at one level. And so, yeah, but just engaging in all these senses 
um, even the sense of smell. You know, some people love the smell of turpentine when they're doing oil painting or with the children, I sometimes work with beeswax modeling where we model little sculptures out of beeswax and the smell of the beeswax. Yeah, so there's a lot of healing in coming to the senses. And I, I really believe that in this day and age, our senses are under attack. I mm -hmm. really feel that, you know, just all the different smell we're exposed to, the noise, the um, non-natural fabrics that we wear or surround ourselves with. Yeah. And of course, the screen time, you know, <laughs> people are so glued to the screen time. And when we are glued to the screen time, we have the earphones attached to it. So yeah. I think our senses connection with the nature is a bit mm. disrupted these days. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you said that, you know, if you can write, you can actually draw. Mm. So that means if you can speak, you can also sing. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I was actually listening to um, a, a talk the other evening and they were talking about uh, premature babies mm -hmm. and how these babies thrive under the singing voices of their mothers. So mm -hmm. when their mothers sing to them, mm -hmm. they actually sort of find a, a, a better way to their own health. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so yeah, of course, all the arts, you know, we can't exclude any of the arts. There's, yeah, arts, the arts are healing. And uh, Miriam, what got you into this in the first place? And, you know, when you say that I'm, a, I'm into therapeutic art facilitator, what does that actually mean and how is that helping people? Mm. Well, when I finished school, I, I did some traveling. And then after that, I studied um, graphic design and store layout and design, which was, was interesting. But somehow I always felt a little bit bored. And then I changed my career and I became a preschool teacher, so early childhood educator. And I, I trained myself in the Montessori method, which was, was lovely because you do a lot of child observation. And I, I've always loved um, children under the age of three are actually my favorite. There's something about them that I find very special. But I found myself when I was teaching in there, we have like a little art space. I found myself there all the time and becoming absolutely fascinated with the children's drawings. And then I started to study them and I, um, there's a lot of research that's been done on this and discovered that all children, doesn't matter where they grow up, whether they're growing up in, in the desert or whether they grow up in a huge city like New York City, they all go through the same um, creations. So they all create the same things. They start off with these scribbles, these scribbles become a kind of spiral the spiral then becomes a sort of a dot and then that forms into a head-like shape with lines coming off it that become the limbs and so the human figure arises. Then they'll create a square, then they'll create triangles, but they all go through these processes. There's a lot of information on this that one can look into. But I found this so fascinating and I found it so interesting that I started to study this in my spare time. And I remember eventually developing, one develops a kind of sensitivity for reading the language. And I used to say to the parents, these drawings that these children are making are letters to you. 
And I remember then starting to look deeper and deeper into these drawings. And I had one child, and she always, the, the house in, in child art represents the, its relationship with the mother. Mm-hmm. And this child used to always put a tent inside mm-hmm. her house. And I became so curious. I thought about this and I thought about it. And I thought, well, perhaps she has two mothers. Perhaps she has a biological mother and she has an adopted mother. And this hasn't been disclosed to us. And then in one of the um, parent-teacher meetings, I said to the mother, I just want to show you these pictures and I've observed this and I'm curious. And it sort of makes me feel like she lives in two wombs. Mm -hmm. And the woman just looked at me and she said, I'm absolutely amazed because this was what was going on. And so I was discovering things about the children through their drawings more and more. Obviously, I'd always check this out with the parents. um, And I would always say to the children, tell me about your pictures. I would never sort of suggest, oh, is that a little bunny or anything? I would get them to tell me about their pictures. And they used to sometimes tell me long convoluted stories and sometimes very simple things. But this, I realized, there's something about us as humanity that we express us out, something very essential about ourselves. I found this so inspirational. And then I got, I also grew up in quite a creative family. In fact, I wanted to do art in high school, but my father said, no, that's just something we know how to do. We don't need to, we don't need to learn that. You must do French and become a translator and I didn't really want to become a translator but anyway but yeah so I I became very fascinated by this and I then um, eventually studied something called bridging polarities through art which was a very beautiful um, art therapy therapeutic facilitation training that uh, we did in Cape Town with a group of four Dutch women who came out for two years and we did this training with them and from there on I just also kept sort of apprenticing myself to sculpture therapists, um, drawing therapists, various people. Yeah so for the last 20 years I've just made this my kind of life study I guess. Oh fantastic and what kind of changes have you observed in the people who did that? And I'm, I know you told me that you also did this in, even in prisons and uh, in certain cases where people were suffering from some mental conditions and after doing that, you could see some changes. So could you share some of that? Yeah. So it, And also, if you can also explain why it is changing, you know, why we are so drawn to artists. I remember in one of our conversations, you're talking about or hand movements are something intrinsic, something like a primal force mm. of creativity. So mm. if you could also touch upon those points. Mm. So it wasn't prisons that I worked in, but I worked in a state um, mental institution. Mm-hmm. Um, and But working very much with people who had been living on the street for a long time, um, traditional healers who had been through um, intense processes and had a sort of side effects of that, um, people who'd been suffering from abuse, yeah, various situations that had created um, mental disorders and uh, let's say the imbalances, disorders would be the incorrect term here. And in the beginning when I started working at this place, the people used to arrive and obviously they were very heavily medicated. It would be, you know, when they had just arrived at that particular ward. And often I would just get them to 
draw to just fill a page with wax crayon. And in no time at all, they would be sitting up straighter, they would be waking up, and from there on, they would be a lot more receptive. And I actually started, it was quite interesting, because in the beginning, I had a small group that would arrive, and over the three years that I worked there, they would just, more and more of them would come, and eventually they actually gave me two security guards to help me um, hand out paper and art materials to them because there were so many of them. Word kind of got out that they were really, you know, this was really something to do. Mm -hmm. But I noticed that for a lot of them, it was just another way to, to actually find meaning for themselves and to understand their own situations without words, you know, without talking. Sometimes one can find a solution in a picture that you do, not by um, talking about the picture afterwards, but perhaps opening up a closed space in a picture. You know, sometimes maybe a picture, there's a lot of um, sort of concentrated color, and mm -hmm. you can just bring yellow into that space, and that can open up that space. And in opening up that space, that sort of has a knock-on effect to opening up a space inside of oneself as well that might have been uh, blocked or numbed or yeah so I just found the people would leave the sessions a lot lighter than when they arrived I mean that's Especially. actually how I felt after I did the session I'm not saying I'm mental <laughs> having issues but what I mean is after doing that art I could feel more energy I could feel like a there is a different energy dynamics that was happening. So why is that and uh, how can we tap more into it? I mean, of course, we would say that you need to do, engage yourself in art more. But why is that? Why is that art, when you engage in some kind of an artwork or a creative work, you immediately awaken yourself? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. You know, we have different color theories. We have the Newtonian color theory and we have the Goethean color theory. And in the Goethean color theory, we have this concept that the relationship between light and dark creates color. And, you know, we could say that yellow is the first um, darkening of the light and that indigo blue would be the first lightening of the dark. All right, so we've got these two kind of forces, or yeah, two the, the dark and the light, and as they relate, and a, a good um, illustration of this would be a sunset or a sunrise. Mm -hmm. So, either as the light is receding, uh, we see this interplay between the light and the dark, and we see this absolute marvel of color appearing mm -hmm. on the horizon. And, you know, when we look at a sunset, we also we have the same kind of experience where we start to feel renewed, mm -hmm. you know, re revitalized. And the same as if you're spending time in nature. So, you know, we go into nature and everybody knows that, you know, after a swim in the ocean or after um, hiking on the mountain, you feel quite different. Mm -hmm. You don't feel the same. You feel that there's a kind of, recalibration that's mm -hmm. taken place mm -hmm. and in the creative process 
you are also connecting with nature. Mm-hmm. You are having this experience of your very own true nature, in a sense. So I think that's where a lot of the, the, the energy is coming from. And we all know that creativity is connected to life force. You know, that it's, you know, I mean, we arrive, you know, we arrive on earth. It, just being born is a creative process, mm-hmm. you know. Just us make, creating ourselves in the womb is a creative process. And yeah, so this this art making is very much that. Yeah, and, and this connecting to our own uniqueness. Sadly, what I often find um, in my studio and when I work with people is that people have, I mean, it's, it's harsh to say they've been damaged, but I feel at school somehow, and I hope this is changing because so much is changing in the world and I think educationally there's, so many new ways of doing things but they have had bad experiences at school with art they've Mm. been told that they're not the art one that they're the maths one or the Mm -hmm. science one and i actually think it's important for us to educate children today in everything you know we want these all-rounders actually I, i find that young people today who are flexible and who are able to be creative and connected to their scientific selves these are the people that are you know we're wanting to employ in in the corporate system or in in various jobs but yeah i i think sorry i've lost my train of thought for a moment but this yeah this that really our own individuality our own essence and connecting to that that generates energy Hmm. and i mean one of the things i've done in when I run a longer course, I get people to close their eyes and scribble on a piece of paper with a wax crayon or with a oil pastel or strong pencil crayon. And then I put their name on the back and I put those away. And six weeks later, I'll take those drawings out and I'll put them on the table and everybody in the group is able to identify everybody else's pictures. Because even with our eyes closed, these marks we make are absolutely unique to us. Mm. And that in itself is very exciting. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, we all have a, our own uniqueness. I mean, there's no, even the finger, you know, the fingerprints, fingerprints mm. it's unique with everyone. There's no mm. two fingerprints that are alike. Mm. So I think creativity is about bringing that uniqueness that nature has bestowed on upon you. Yes, that's a beautiful way mm-hmm. of putting that. Yeah. And, and uh, Miriam, you were talking about you know the hand movement and how that is connected to our creativity. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about how powerful our hands are, how healing our hands are, and mm-hmm. how much of creative is you know dorm, dorm, dormant is the word, dormant through our hands. So can you touch upon that topic? Yeah, I always say to the people in my students when they're working and they get stuck, I always say two things. I say, one, focus on your breathing. Mm. You, you're probably not breathing. You're probably holding your breath. When we get stuck, we're generally holding our breath. But the other thing I say to them is trust your hand. You know, our hands are so intelligent. They know so much what, what to do. You know, I'm sitting here with a cup of tea and I... You know, if I pick this cup up, I don't say to my hand, come up 30 centimeters, come 
across towards me now for 42 centimeters and then tilt my hand just does these things you know and in the same way our hands can create art and it's a, a trusting process and also somewhere i think it's kind of trusting one's innate wisdom you know when when people come to me for classes I always ask them, what would you like to do? You know, would you like to work with some clay or would you like to work with some paint? Because I think that people, we actually have this innate wisdom and we need to tap into that and we actually know what's right and good for us. Mm -hmm. um, so I encourage people to do what they feel drawn to and often there something appears. And yeah, I, I just think it's to trust our hands and, you know, there's different parts to our hands. And obviously, if I observe that people are working with the clay a lot with their fingertips, then I know that they're generally people who, you know, a little bit stuck in their heads and their minds. You know, if you think of how it is when you're working with your fingertips with clay, you would, if you were making a little animal, you could use the fingertips to make the ears and the tail and the finer things that require more thinking. But the middle of our hands is more the feeling realm. And so I really encourage people to work with the clay, with the holding and actually really trusting their hands and allowing a form to arise more out of the, the, the way they use their hands. You know, a, a lot of people will kind of push very hard into the clay, not, not naturally listening to their hands because we are so... We're so wired to, um, to sort of impose onto something, to create something that's outside of us, rather than to tap into what's inside of us mm. and allow that to arrive almost. So I encourage people to you know, allow their pictures to arrive, to sort of enter an atmosphere and then to see what forms you would find in that atmosphere, rather than to say, create a form and then sort of superimpose an atmosphere onto that form. So technically, we, anyone who has a hand and who are able to have a control and influence over the hand movement is an artist. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I've been working um, for a while now with a lady who is, I haven't worked much with her actually because of this whole COVID situation, but she had has severe dam brain damage and she has very limited use of her her hands no very little use of her legs she's in a wheelchair and she has she can't speak anymore she has very very low brain function and it was interesting for me because the first few times i had to sort of unclasp her hands which are almost you know in this tight grip and put a paintbrush in and we started and I showed her how to apply some paint to the paper by helping her move her hand. And then I slowly started making the paintbrush into a more comfortable position, how one, you know, how we would all hold the paintbrush in a nat more natural way. And she she really lit up from the colour. I noticed that that the colour was something made her very joyful. I also put music on because I believe she used to love music um, before she had her, her trauma. And then I think it was the third time I was working with her, she actually was able just to pick up the pencil and 
fit the paintbrush and hold it in the same position that I had put it in. Now this is a person who cannot remember for anything for longer than about 20 seconds. She has no memory. And it was extraordinary for me how she might not have memory, but her hands still had memory. Mm -hmm. It was quite amazing. And it was like just with a little bit of painting, I noticed she was painting, the, there was the view of the ocean outside, and then she made these sort of blue marks. And I said to her, is that what's out, are you painting what's outside the window? And she nodded, and I said, you're painting the beach? And she said, yes. Well, she didn't say yes, she nodded. Mm -hmm. But I found it quite incredible how the body could switch on her brain. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was amazing. It was really lovely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so interesting how you say it, you know, our body holds that memory. Mm -hmm. You know, as a doctor, I have seen people, uh, when we do certain treatments and when we, let's say, let's, let's say the therapeutic massages that we do in Ayurveda, when certain parts are touched or activated, some people cry, some people are happy, some people relax. You know, our body always holds on to the emotion that we are associated with at that point of time. And suddenly we start creating that postures. So I think when you talk about this uh, getting into a creative work, at that time we are connecting to the deepest healing powers inside of us. I think that way we can see that people open up, they start smiling more like you, you know, people start seeing better. Mm. Do you have any experience that you would like to share? You know, after doing some of your workshops, you saw that people are really awakened or you feel that they are with a different person with more energy. Well, I think my, my thing is really that I, I come across so many people who say, oh, I've always wanted to do art classes, but I... I, I, I'm just absolutely hopeless. And I always say, oh, well, you, are, you are more welcome in my art class <laughs> than anybody else. Please come, because it's the people like you that I love to work with. And I think what I want to share is that, that art is everywhere. Mm. And they, you know, there's a woman, and I'm trying to think of her name. It's something like Ellen Designacke, she did a study for many years at Oxford University. I think it's Oxford or Cambridge. Sorry, I, I haven't got my facts there quite correct. Mm -hmm. um, but she has done a lot of research into looking at creativity as an absolute you know, need, essential need for like food and warmth and these other things that we need as people. She has done research that this is so and she calls it she says it's we have this natural inclination to make special and you know if you think of the paleolithic times they have artworks there that are you know either decorated tools or some of the objects are have absolutely no function mm -hmm. other than to make special and she says that this sort of has helped the you know, even during those times, it helped the sort of social fabric mm -hmm. of the various communities. Um, yeah, I think it's sort of what makes us into more refined humans, mm -hmm. the arts. It sort of refines us and it makes us more sensitive to our environment 
And in being more more sensitive to our environment, we are able to um, take better care of ourselves, take better care of the environment. And in that sense, it's it's actually something we need for survival, the arts. And I feel so sad that people think that art is only for people who make art that's going to go up into galleries. Mm. You know, I always say, all I want you to do in my art classes is to become interested in what you do. I don't want you to like it. I don't want you to dislike it. I would just like you to develop an interest in the types of marks you're making, the types of colors you're working with, the types of forms you're creating. And in that, you will come into a kind of self-dialogue initially, but you also start developing your technical skills and you start refining your aesthetic sense and you start seeing, okay, this is where I want to go more and this medium actually works for me. You know, often people think of art being um, sculpture and painting mm-hmm. and drawing, and that's the end of that. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing much else. But there's so much more that one can do. I think even the conversation that we're having—it's mm-hmm. a kind of creativity. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think every moment is an opportunity to be creative. I think. Yeah, and I think particularly in these times that we're living in where a lot of people are feeling stuck, mm-hmm. you know, that life is not what they knew anymore. There's this absolute uncertainty of how things are going to move forward. And the creative process actually gives you sometimes a fresh outlook, mm-hmm. a new way of looking at something. And so all of a sudden you find you have a, you, you spend the morning making art, And then that afternoon you're going, hang on, I think this is what I need to do as a next step forward Mm -hmm. in my life. Or it's just like something's opened up and something has reset itself inside of yourself. You know, you've kind of, I suppose, got a little bit back more to homeostasis or you've recalibrated yourself in some way. So new opportunities, new possibilities mm. open up for you, for yourself. Mm. Fantastic. I'm sure, you know, if we really do a research on how much therapeutic this is to your nervous system, how much therapeutic this is to your metabolism and your immunity, mm. I'm sure we will have a lot of studies finding oh. that engaging in art. I mean, I'm curious to know more about the study with this lady from Oxford or Cambridge who said that creativity is something that is important. I will look into it and Mm. I'll also definitely put this in my show notes. Yes. And and I think that really, you know, makes us to understand we all need to engage in art in one point or the other, if not unconsciously, at least to be conscious about that. Yeah. Yeah. Is to have that awareness. Her name is actually Ellen Dissanyake, D-I-S-S-A-N-A-Y-A-K-E. Ellen Dissanyake. I think I need to really research. You need to see what she's done. Yeah, it's incredible. I read a book recently called, um, by Susie Gablik, called Conversations for the End of Time. Mm -hmm. And it is various artists and people in the realm of art um, having conversations with with this uh, art researcher 
on how you know actually actually this book was written 20 years ago and it's it's way ahead of its time mm-hmm. i mean i for me it was an absolutely fascinating book but there's a lovely interview with this ellen disenyake in the in the book wow. there's also another woman whose story is in the book and i can't think of her name but she did an art installation which was where she just cleaned up the great river the rio grande river i think it was and for many years, she just went and sort of cleaned this river as an artwork. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there are just so many interesting things that are happening actually in the arts, you know, that I get very excited about. I have a friend who's a marine conservationist and she does beach cleanups, but mm-hmm. she's always bringing the arts into mm-hmm. her beach cleanups. Mm-hmm. She's got a, it's called the Beach Co-op, a fabulous organization. And they obviously also bring awareness to people of what's actually going on in the ocean. Mm-hmm. They sort of create the creativity of the ocean, you know, all these incredible animals that live in the ocean. Yeah, so they are, people are starting to bring the arts into every some part of surprising life. places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just think if we include art into our lives, and I'm not talking about painting or drawing, but just living our lives in a more artful way, you know, just listening to the water coming out of the tap in the morning when you brush your teeth or, you know, taking that time at the end of the day and to watch the light fade out of the day or to feel the light arrive in the morning. These these things are Mm life-changing. They change the quality of your life. And once you change the quality of your life, yeah, you'll make better choices. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe that. Well, this sounds more like, you know, being an artist is more about being so engaged with your sense organs yes. and in this moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, like you said, you know, how people use art in different parts of their life. For me, you know, healing, it's an art, you know, how to mm-hmm. see a person, how to read their pulse. Mm-hmm. Every person's pulse has a different mm-hmm. artistic tone, volume and the rhythm to it. And then, you know, looking at all of that, every soul comes with their own energies. Mm-hmm. So it's fantastic how we can see. And if we understand everything through that view or the lens, mm-hmm. I think it will be a much better world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I mean, you're saying, just one thing I just thought of now when you're saying about that, you know, I mean, one can just see so much of people's constitutions mm-hmm. in their artwork. I mean, today we could immediately see those that were more connected to the earth and those that were more connected to the air. Mm-hmm. You know, we could feel the elements exactly. in, the, in, the in, the, in the drawings yeah. that they make. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So, Miriam, uh, how can people connect with you and do you do this online workshops? So, yes, what's so the way to connect more with you? So, I run um, two classes online um, so that I sort of cover the international time zones so one can... Uh, join either of those groups for those people who are abroad um, or those who are concerned, you know, who have comorbidities or are concerned about being out in the world. And then I have a beautiful studio overlooking the ocean mm-hmm. um, where I run courses from and workshops on various subjects. And I also have classes there that, you know, one can work on one's own projects or I give you little projects to work on. I also work with a small group of children. I have worked in, you know, sort of companies where I perhaps work with nonverbal dialogue 
in a you know in a certain part of the company yeah so I have my my sort of studio name is studio means Cork Bay I work in a little fishing village in Cape Town um, yeah and I'm on Instagram and Facebook I'm not I'm not that active on Facebook I must say I sort of uh, dropped Facebook for Instagram. I found Instagram a lot more <laughs> lends itself more to my artistic temperament. And yeah, I don't have a website, unfortunately, but I, I do find that I use Instagram a little bit like a website. Mm-hmm. One That's do. fantastic. And I will definitely put your all the Instagram handle and social media handles in the show notes so people can reach out to you. Wonderful. So thank you so much, Mariam, for bringing out such new perspectives to art and creativity in each and every one of us. In fact, in Vedas, there is a statement, uh, Aham Brahmasmi. The word Brahmasmi means I am the creator. Mm. So we all are a creator in one way or the other in every moment. Mm. So I think to sum up the whole aspect, we all need to engage more with our creative energies. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. And I think that when we we engage with our... um, creativity we connect to that innate wisdom that Mm -hmm. lives inside of us and guides us thank you so much for inviting me thank you for listening to ayurvedic healing and beyond if you loved and enjoyed this podcast please do subscribe share and review us this helps to spread our mission of guiding humanity to becoming their healthiest self and also giving the right resources for holistic healing if you wish to know more about my work please do visit www.vigneshdevraj.com. And if you are interested in doing an Ayurveda treatment or authentic Panchakarma therapy, please log on to www.sitaramretreat.com.